Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. My name is Sam, host of the Gauntlet Conservation Podcast, set up in the name of Gauntlet Conservation Trust to interview the people most involved with and supported by this wonderful charity. In today's episode of Meet the Team, I sat down with Daisy and Jake, the daughter and son of Graham, who, despite growing up around Gauntlet their entire lives, never actually wanted to work at Gauntlet and work with the birds, believe it or not. So in this episode, I uncover how they eventually came to cave to their love for the birds. Enjoy. Alrighty, uh, good evening, Daisy and Jake. Thank you both for joining me on today's podcast. Now, I do have a starting question, just because obviously we're doing a Meet the Team series where everybody's introducing themselves, and, and obviously you guys being brought up as, as Graham's kids, you've, you've kind of grown up pretty much your whole lives with it. So I guess kind of the, the big question to start us off really is, did you always want to work at Gauntlet while you were growing up? Or was there, was there anything else you wanted to be that this kind of just happen and uh, now, now you're nodding to each other go on Daisy you can go first you go first Daisy <laughs> um, so my answer is no I didn't originally have the plan to work in Gauntlet um, my plan was to be involved with dolphins and do dolphin training wherever that may be in the world um, that was what I wanted to do so very different to Birds of Prey and uh, when did you actually kind of get into sort of either wanting to do Gauntlet or, or just how, how did that come to be? Because obviously you're, you're not with dolphins anymore, you're with birds. No, <laughs> not with dolphins. Um, I think it was when I was in high school, on a Wednesday we had to do work experience um, and Dad said to me, why don't you do work experience at Gauntlet? And I thought, well, yeah, I could do that and I, you know, I know the place, know what I'm doing kind of thing. And then every Wednesday I was there, the more I kind of started to realise that I just loved being with the birds. I always knew, obviously, from being a kid that I did, but then I think I more sort of realised that, yeah, when I was about 15, 16, doing work experience, so, yeah. Fair enough. What about you, Jake? Did you always want to, want to work at Gauntlet? No, surprisingly, no, I didn't. I, um, I used to, oh, I've always been into animals, so it was always going to be animal-based what I went down. And I was obsessed with David Attenborough and Steve Backshaw and Deadly Sixty and so and also Steve Irwin as well. Used to watch all of his stuff, and I was just obsessed with like the Crocodile Hunter and all that. And, um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into presenting. I used to do a lot of acting as well, and yeah, I wanted that's what I wanted to do. And then it, uh, I started at high school and went through that, and then eventually went to college. And again with college, I studied a few things that I didn't really want to do, but uh, yeah, I stuck with it. And then, yeah, again, I was doing work experience here at Gauntlet on the Wednesdays, that, uh, so I was out of college that day. And then I've always trained birds from being a kid. I've always, from five years old, I've been flying birds and I got really into it. At, uh, when I got about 10 years old, I was constantly out with birds, flying them and training stuff. And then, yeah, into my teens, really, that just grew even more and more and more. And I was constantly here flying birds and I just had an obsession with it. And uh, yeah, and then college came, and uh, yeah, I was I was prob- 
possibly out while I was out of college more than I was really in it. I'd skip it most of the time and come fly the birds. And then, yeah, I just fell in love with it. And I asked my dad if I could uh, have a job, which he was hesitant about first. But then he, uh, <laughs> he said, yeah, I'll give you a job. And then, but it's, uh, you gotta, you got to yeah, work as hard as everyone else. You've got to do all the rubbish jobs as well, doing all the good jobs, which I did. And uh, yeah, and I've worked there for three and a half years now, since I was 17. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I bet that was interesting for your dad. Do you do you think he was expecting it at all, or was it kind of you yeah, just rocked up one day? Yeah, once I was skipping college, and then I got friends. Uh, the friends kicked me out, and then yeah, I was in. I think I lasted six, seven months. Well, I was probably the amount of time I was in there was about three months, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I just ended up telling them I was, I was leaving. So uh, so yeah, and then I ended up joining Reed's Heath and did a an animal apprenticeship. So I got a level three in animal care animal management and then uh yeah worked here so I yeah, finished my apprenticeship two years ago and yeah worked ever since and my skills have just developed and developed and uh, I'm still learning stuff every single day just because I've done it from younger I've still got I'm still literally learning new things about birds which is the, the most awesome part about the job yeah I mean I mean that's the thing about working in animal care isn't it like none of us are ever going to know anything no, <laughs> you're, you're learning things every single exactly. day so all right, I'm going to throw it back over to you, Daisy. What's your favourite memory from Gauntlet? If it's too hard to pick one, you can have a, you can have a couple. No, um, there is a few. I think the, the one actually that's come into my head in the last 30 seconds is I always used to absolutely love watching my dad fly um, his Falcon Ferdy Birdie in the shows. And always from being a really, really small kid, watching him with that lure in the arena with Ferdy stooping in at, you know, 100 mile an hour some days, I always thought, I want to be as cool as that. And then when I was 10 years old, I said to my dad, I really want a falcon. And he said, if you want a falcon, you have to be out in the garden swinging that lure every night for hours and hours and hours to prove to me that you are committed enough to get yourself a falcon. And I did exactly that. I was in the garden every night swinging that lure until it went dark. And then when I was 11, um, we did a trip to France to go and pick up some um, vultures, I think it was, at Poi de Fou. And they had this gorgeous little Seika falcon, a little baby. And uh, I remember my dad turning round to his friend that was the head falconer there, and he said, um, is this the one we're picking up? And he turned to me, and that's when I realised that we'd also gone to pick me up um, a Seiko falcon. And she was called Lola, and she was my best friend in the whole world. And I think the best memory for me was him turning round saying, we've got you a falcon. But I think the special memory within that for me was the first time because I'd spent a lot of time and a lot of hours swinging the lure with an imaginary falcon in the air which is what dad always used to say pretend there's a falcon stooping in at you and um, the best memory for me was when Lola had learned to range out and circuit sort of up in the air the best feeling was when she did her very first stoop and I passed out the lure um, and she came in, tried to grab it, went up in the air, and I remember my dad shouting to me, that was an awesome stoop um, and an awesome pass, and I was absolutely buzzing that I felt then, right, I'm on it now, that I could be as cool as him when swinging a <laughs> lure and flying falcon. So 
by far that is a very special one for me. I think always in my childhood I remember that I had a very, very special best friend called Spikey, um, Red Leg Serena. And obviously I don't we don't remember life without Spikey. Um and I remember in shows Spikey and me always had a very special relationship that in the middle of the show he'd always decide that he wasn't going to participate in the show, he'd just jump on my head. And I had to just stand in the arena with him, sat on my head, he'd do his call, but his way of getting back down to the ground was not to jump, it was to slowly use my nose as a stepping stone, and then my shoulder, and I'd put my arm out, and then he'd jump on there, and then he'd do a little jump down. Sure, um, a staircase. Yeah, <laughs> it was a staircase. And I think growing up with that, with that relationship, I think, yeah, them two. Them two are the best best memories for me. Alrighty, back over to you, Jake. What are your favourite memories? Good memories you've got from golf. There's so there's loads from being a kid and training birds. So I started training. I had a kestrel. Well, he was uh, he was using a lot of the shows and stuff, and then I kind of took him over and started flying. He was called Alan, the little male common kestrel. He was ace, and uh, yeah, when I just started learning about managing a bird and flying it free and yeah it's probably about six or seven maybe and uh and flying this little kestrel he was just amazing and then uh and then i moved on to getting we, we actually had a, a bird brought in because uh before we were part of the zoo group but we're in now we were really we were able to have birds that were brought into us and uh I this harris hawk got uh found in a woman's garden and harris hawks are a uh, are quite a common bird in the uk they get abandoned a lot they're very easy to get hold of so people who sadly who don't really know what they're doing get hold of these birds and then yeah they either let them go or the bird escapes and is not trained so and a bird that's not trained and is not fit hasn't got much chance of really surviving in the wild so yeah a woman found her in a garden managed to catch tinks and she brought her in and yeah we were allowed to take birds in so we took her in we asked around to see if it was anyone's uh anyone's bird they'd lost and nobody came forward so i started training her up she was a very nervous bird it was like the most scared animal you'd ever meet so god knows whether she'd been mistreated or what but she was just terrified of people and uh yeah i started training when i was 10 we still got her to this day and uh yeah just being out in the fields with her again like daisy said the initial training of that animal and the first yeah it was, it was a bit of a step up to what i've been flying and uh yeah just out constantly in the fields and walking around flying her and then my dad used to come out with me and uh yeah, so they were amazing memory straight after school going out and uh, with my dad walking down the fields with his hawk was, uh, was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, and then going on to training some other stuff, training my first eagle and yeah, started training bald eagles, white tails, stellas and uh, yeah, it's just a completely different ball game really with birds of prey, moving on to the bigger stuff and then vultures, got obsessed with them. And uh, so yeah, there's so many memories. But yeah, my favourite is probably going down the fields with the hawk and then uh, also training my first eagle as well was quite a... Uh, what was your on. first eagle? My first eagle, I actually took over my dad's golden eagle, Sebastian. We've still got him now, he's in a breeding scheme now. But um, yeah, he would had a, he'd just come off his mall. My dad was like, why don't you start working with him as he was very busy and stuff. So I said, yeah, of course, we'll start working with him. And uh, yeah, he was, he, was, he was hard to get going, but then once he was going, he was just amazing. And then um, and I moved on to find bald eagles I had started flying Sharon a bald eagle we got brought it was really badly mistreated and uh, again I started flying her and got to the point where she's up soaring up hundreds of feet thousands of feet soaring around and that was a 
pretty amazing when you've got a bird that you train who's up in a dot in the sky and it comes down exactly when you tell it to it's uh it's pretty amazing it's like when you see an ant just in the opposite direction yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it literally is and you see a tiny little speck and you think I hope that bird comes back now when I call it. Yeah. Yeah, and then she did it for the first time. Yeah, that's it. And then she, you just see a bald eagle coming straight at you. And yeah, we clocked her at like, on a track and we'd clock her at like 90 to 100 miles an hour stooping and it was just pretty amazing thinking that hard work has paid off massively with that bird. So yeah, that's a pretty cool moment as well. But I know I've listed about 10 there, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of cool moments. It's always good if you've got more than one, then you know it's been good. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, what was my final question? I did have a final question for you about the Eagles. Oh, that's it. Go, coming up to this day, obviously, you, you've, you've both been working with the Eagles for a while, but like, does anything ever beat the rush of when you've got those birds flying at you, when, when you're training them, when you're out there flying with them? It, it's, I don't know how you feel, but in my experience, it's not really something you get over. Like, No matter how long you've done it, you'll always have a rush when you fly the birds, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially Eagles as well, because Eagles... They're, they're, like I said, they're a completely different ball game to flying falcons and owls and hawks. Because an eagle is very personal a lot of the time. You build just a bond that is just incredible because they're so intelligent and they will just, how you're feeling can really depend on how they're feeling as well. You almost become one in a way. And when you're relaxed, you'll see the eagle chilling out. But if you're slightly uptight, slightly nervous with the bird, you can see that. So you learn a lot from flying an eagle and it's kind of a next step really in, uh, in training one. So yeah, and when you've got one flying straight at you, and it can not always the most, especially fish eating eagles, like bald eagles, white tails, they're not always the most cooperative animals, and uh, yeah, I like to keep on your toes, give you a good bite and stuff now and again, which is all part of the fun of it, really. So, so um, nothing will ever beat it? You'll never no, get over it? No, it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome moment. And, and, and what do you think on that, Daisy? Do you ever get over it? Do you ever get past the rush, or is it always there? It's always there, because you get so many people come in and I'm sure Jake gets the same thing where if you're on an experience you're on Eagle Day I've had so many people turn around and say you must be so used to this like it's just normal and yes it is normal because we don't know any different you know from having a bird that I think if that bird sat on your glove like Jake said you become one wherever you are whether you're flying it whether you're just walking around with you know a bird with you you become one and I think no matter how many times you do it I always get the same buzz and adrenaline rush. I think one of the most, I'll always say, out of any bird, if I'm stood there presenting the show, the birds I always get the biggest sort of adrenaline buzz out of is when you get an eagle stooping in and doing the most incredible stoop you've ever seen, where them legs come out, they spiral in, they drop in at speed. I just think it's a feeling... I could watch a hundred times a day and I'd never get over it. Yeah, <laughs> just like, well, um, obviously we, we've, we've got Finley coming back out on shows mm-hmm. now and Finley's just, he's incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stunning yeah, to watch when he's, when he's coming in, yeah. especially if you're calling him down from, from quite some altitude. It's kind of the way he's just, it's almost like an elevator, he just sort of drops. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're so graceful the way they do it. It's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, that kind of rounds off everything I, I, I wanted to ask you guys in uh, today's episode. So uh, thank you both for, for joining me today. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really do hope you have enjoyed it and you've learned something new. If you would like to find out more, 
please visit for the charity www.gauntletconservationtrust.org or for the business www.gauntletbirdsofprey.co.uk or simply visit the collection and speak to the staff team for yourself at Gauntlet Birds of Prey, Manchester Road, Knutsford, WA160SN. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really do hope you have enjoyed it and you've learned something new. If you would like to find out more, please visit for the charity www.gauntletconservationtrust.org or for the business www.gauntletbirdsofprey.co.uk 